Our next guest, something of a regular on this show. You know him, you love him. Give it up for Greg here on Under the Bridge. I'm here all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why. I was trying to set this up like we are always broadcasting and recording. We're trapped in a never-ending cycle of recording. We're trapped in the same universe as Forza Horizon 4, where nothing changes. Yeah, it goes through the seasons all the time, but the car industry is still stuck in 2017. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Well, that sounds absolutely wretched. (laughs) Welcome to Under the Bridge. Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. Indeed. Because I'm starting with gaming news. Alrighty. G4 is already getting shut down again. Which is... The very game... unfortunate. Oh, yeah, sorry, no. you were... I thought you were asking what it was. No, I know what G4 is. No, it's one of those things where it's unfortunate, but it was also... I saw that, it was like, I didn't know that G4 had launched. Yeah. <laughs> A shame, right? Oh, yeah. A shame that they didn't get the traction they needed, because apparently that was the, that was the cause of that. Oh, I think a, a decent reason for that is they were missing a hundred percent of Olivia Munn, so that probably didn't help. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Mm, but no, seriously, it was one of those things where I saw it. I was like, "Aw," and then I went, "Wait, genuinely, when did it relaunch? I don't think I ever saw anything about it." coming back like i knew it was coming back but i didn't see anything about it launching when it got going again yeah it's been going for like a year (laughs) i I had no idea crazy Mm. you know the even nuttier thing Mm. so for those who don't know there was a point where me and a couple of friends tried doing let's plays and i'm not going to direct to them because i think they're still up but they're not great Mm-hmm. But, in our first Let's Play, we were talking about G4 collapsing the first time. <laughs> that was almost ten years ago. Yeah, that was ten years ago, I'm pretty sure. My god, where does the time go? Yeah, no, it's... Geez. My exposure to, to G4, I almost said G Fuel. <laughs> Fly like a G6? No, I hate that song oh, i'm gonna have to bleep in. that <laughs> yeah as i say three minutes in and already swear great <laughs> my exposure initially to g4 is that they used to sponsor when formula drift which is a professional drift racing series got started they sponsored a few of the drivers and i f- want to say they also had like tv rights when it first started so that was my initial exposure and then i would just like watch them from time to time i remember being sad when they set shut down the first time so, but yeah, it's it's wild. I still remember being shown this thing back when... This was when I was waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3. And, <laughs> yeah. No, it was Damn. great. And it was in 2000... It was a G4 video from, I think, 2003 or 2004. And mm. they said, still no word on the release date for Kingdom Hearts 2. And at that point, I just started dying. <laughs> <laughs> dying internally, or...? Yes. Okay. And also externally. <laughs> okay. Because if only we knew. <laughs> if only we knew. It was like, no release date in 2000 and... What, what did you say again? 2000... And three or 2004. The game came out in 2005, ultimately, so... Yeah, but it's still one of those things where it's like, oh, that's a long way, and it's like, oh, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
What an unfortunate time. Speaking of unfortunate times, mm-hmm. have you heard about this Bayonetta 3 blow-up? Bits and pieces of it. I know that the general thing is that the woman who has voiced Bayonetta in the English version since, I want to say, since her inception... Yeah, was Helena Taylor. Yeah, she was basically given a just really horrible deal. And they were just kind of like, all right, well, screw it. And they took on another voice actress. And there's been a whole like bunch of shenanigans coming from that. Yeah, they originally said that it was due to various overlapping circumstances that she couldn't return. Taylor has just recently broken her NDA to say that the actual reason is that they offered her $4,000 for the entirety of the performance. I'm not familiar with the world of voice acting or how much it pays, but that does sound way lower than it should be. Yeah, definitely. And it's one of those... I I also don't know what's standard and what's not. Mm Mm-hmm. But... My god. I mean, it feels particularly naughty just for... Because of the fact of... It's not like this is some new voice actor or someone who's, like, had a few things but nothing crazy. This is someone who is the voice of a very, very, very popular character and has been her voice for... Well, when was Bayonetta first really introduced? Oh, I want to say... I want to say it was the late 2000s, but... Yeah. I mean, still, though, like a decade plus. 2009. 2009. So, yeah, still like a decade plus. I would say that's enough sub- time, substantial time, especially with all the hype that generated from when Bayonetta 3 first got a re- reveal trailer, that it's like, no, that's one thing that you shouldn't like, short out on for, like, the person who is the voice of your extremely popular main character. Yeah. Definitely not great all around, uh, especially because Hideki Kamiya, one of the founders of Platinum Games, who is notorious for uh, blocking people on social media left and right, mm-hmm. had a less-than-diplomatic response that... I'll just read it. Sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth. That's what all I can tell now. By the way, <laughs> beware of my rules. What? If you're you're on Twitter, what the hell are you talking about? Presumably, he's rules. referring to banning people left and right. Oh Jesus Christ! The only thing in Taylor's statement that I feel like is kind of overstepping, because she does ask people to boycott the game, which, yeah, I. I already wasn't going to get Bayonetta 3 new because I never get games new anyway, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But I'd be lying if I said, honestly, if I cared about Bayonetta 3, I'd probably still get it. Right. But the one thing that I 100% don't agree with is she's been replaced by Jennifer Hale for this game. And Taylor said, but she has no right to say she's the voice of Bayonetta. I created that voice. She has no right to sign merchandise as Bayonetta any more than I have the right to sign as Ava Green, even though I was her parent on video game The Golden Compass. I mean, which is the, just the thing is that she is the voice of voice of Bayonetta right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like no, she is voicing Bayonetta. Ergo, she is currently the voice of Bayonetta. Yeah, I've been seeing. I saw something a little bit before we started recording that I guess people are kind of going after her a little bit, and she actually put out a release like a press release and it's like no don't don't do that don't go after like the new voice actress cuz she's just doing her job she's yeah. literally just doing her job and she was offered a contract and 
Because you gotta assume Platinum didn't say, oh yeah, we stiffed the hell out of the original voice actress and that's why you're up for it. Yeah, it's a thing of like, I mean, as far as the information that's available now, it's like, no, she just took a contract. She had, I would be surprised if she had any hand whatsoever in all of that happening. So there's no reason for people to go after her. Yeah. So all around, pay people more. Yeah, especially if they're voicing the main character in what I imagine is a game that can easily sink 100 plus hours into. I've never played Bayonetta games, so I don't know. But yeah, I would say four grand for the entire game is not great. Definitely not. In better news? <laughs> oh boy. We're getting a Silent Hill announcement. You know what didn't occur to me up until earlier at work today? That not counting PT, it has been nearly a decade since the last proper Silent Hill release. And that completely blew my mind. I could have sworn that something else came out in that time period. Yep. According to the official Twitter, the latest updates for the Silent Hill series will be revealed during the Silent Hill transmission Wednesday, October 19th at 2pm Pacific Daylight Time. So, 5pm mm. on our time. Okay. I know they won't, but can you imagine if this was Silent Hills? <laughs> nah, that, I don't think that's going to happen. Or at least I don't think that could happen without Kojima raising all kinds of hell. Yeah. And as much as I'd love to think, hey, maybe they patch things up, I don't think you can after everything. No. I mean, I did kind of have that thought. Like, maybe it is a thing of they're announcing another game. and Like, the hopeful thing would be that they're announcing another game and they hired Kojima Studio to make it. Doubt it. Yeah, high, heavy doubts. I kind of want that because we did play PT, and it's a thing of I don't do horror games. I I do not like horror games, but I was genuinely sad that that game never came to be. Yeah. So, so And there you run into the problem of any announcement that they have, if it's not Silent Hills, is going to be unfavorably compared to Silent Hills. Yeah. I don't know what to get from it, because from what I understand, anything in regards to Silent Hill has been pretty much dormant for this past 10 years like there's been like rumors and stuff but like nothing that has any meat on it on its bones um <laughs> when we were talking about it at work there was kind of a joke of, of like you know the announcement is something of like a silent hill x Fortnite crossover and <laughs> that was one of those things where it's like i really hope that that does not happen, but if it does, I personally would find that hilarious. <laughs> what was that one Metal Gear game that was nothing to do with Metal Gear, and you could, like, summon a fence, and you had to stop zombies or something? You know, Maybe... the stupid one, the one everybody got mad about, rightfully so. Ah. Uh, I should know this, but I'm having such a hard time, like, naming it. Right? Because they've all got stupid names. Yeah, they, well, they've all got something ridiculous in them. Like, summoning a fence? Uh, I feel like it's not second. It's not rising, because that was the one with Raiden. Yeah. Survive! Oh, okay. Metal Gear Survive! <laughs> that was it. Christ on a bike. I... I never heard of this game. <laughs> I've legit never heard anything about this game until literally just now. Really? You've never heard of Metal Gear vs. Zombies? No. Well, you're welcome. That, I feel like this is one of those things where it should be cool, but it's actually terrible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's an awful idea, awful execution, whatever. Mm. That's unfortunate. So I guess we'll see on Wednesday what this announcement is. Hopefully it's something worthwhile. Hopefully it's no fucking book puzzle. 
<sighs> if you're curious, check out Unlimited Video Games Twitch TV store stream of Silent Hill 3. <laughs> like what I did there? Yes, yes I did. Another thing that was kind of joked about is my coworker said it's like, watch it be something ridiculous, like a a Silent Hill coloring book. And I did actually say it's like, I would buy that. I would buy that and I would give it to my three-year-old niece. Like, no question. <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably same. Yeah, like that would that would be an instant purchase, honestly. Film stuff. Film things. Because there is stuff. As always. Yeah. Joe Manganiello is... Co- Joe Manganiello... The guy who played Flash Thompson in the original <laughs> Spider-Man movies and Deathstroke in Justice League. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that was kind of funny. <laughs> no, it was very funny. <laughs> is co-directing a documentary about Dungeons & Dragons. That sounds really cool, actually. <laughs> yep. It is time to release with the 50th anniversary of the game in 2024. I legit did not know that Dungeons and Dragons is that. Right? It's old. Yeah, I had no clue it was that old. <laughs> and it will incorporate more than 400 hours of archived, never before seen Dungeons and Dragons footage from the game's creation in the early 1970s, including cele- interviews with celebrity fans of the game. So. I don't usually watch documentaries, but I think I'd watch that. I'm pretty sure there's going to be at least one interview from Vin Diesel. Oh, God. No, like, because it's well known that Vin Diesel is a huge D&D nerd. And I want to say at one point, the reason he kept on doing and being involved in the process of the Fast and Furious movies is because he basically said, like, Fast and Furious is more or less my own personal D&D campaign. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) It makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? (laughs) Vin Diesel was a terrible game master. All right. (laughs) I could see it. Hmm. My god. Yeah, but no, I think that sounds cool, and even though I'm not big in the tabletop, D&D is just such a center point of nerd culture that I, 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 I'm very curious to see, like, what it's like when the documentary comes out. Agreed. Hopefully it's not 400 hours long. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my thing. It's like, four. how are you going to condense 400 hours into what, unless we're doing, like, the miniseries route... Into what I'm assuming is like maybe like a two, we'll say two and a half hour movie. Or Guess we'll find out. Hmm. Maybe they fast forward it. Maybe. <laughs> In non-Spider-Man Sony comic book movie news. Oh boy, that's a very. I feel like this. Is a, I feel like that's one of those paths where it's like zigzag, zigzag to get to that. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. We're getting a new Barbarella movie. I don't know who that is. It was a French sci-fi comic book that leaned more on the erotic side. Oh, boy. And it did get a movie in 1968 starring Jane Fonda. Huh. Which I own on disc. Of course you do. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> okay. It's pretty absurd. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> it's a goofy fucking movie. <laughs> And a goofy fucking movie. (laughs) Alright, I was going to make a joke, and now I have no reason to. (laughs) But it's not a goofy fucking movie. Uh, Mm. (laughs) Ugh, yuck. 
And Sydney Sweeney is set to star and also executive produce. Okay. So that's just a little tidbit hmm. that was technically relevant because it's also a comic book movie, but I probably would have mentioned it anyway just because Barbarell is one of those funny little things that exists that I like reminding people about. Kind of like a niche within a niche type of deal. Good God, just think. Someday I might have to do a poorly explained comics on Barbarella. Would you be able to put that on YouTube? <laughs> I don't know. I've never read it. But I might have to start. Right. You have to track that down. Wait a minute, I don't speak French. Damn it. Hmm. Maybe it's translated. It's probably translated at this point. Yeah, almost certainly. We got some Transformers casting news. I completely forgot that another Transformers movie is in the work. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. But Transformers Rise of the Beasts has added Michelle Yeoh and Pete Davidson. Okay. I don't know anything about their characters. I probably should have asked Chase. But mm -hmm. Michelle Yeoh will be voicing Airazor and Pete Davidson will be voicing Mirage. Okay. We still don't know an awful lot about the movie beyond it is set in the 90s. It's going to introduce the Maximals and the Terrorcons. And it is set for June 9th, 2023 release. Oh, okay, so we're not that far away from it, really. No. Oh. That's, wow, yeah, that's closer than I thought. Yeah. 2022 is almost over. My God. Yeah, no, I was thinking about that. It's like, how are, how are we at the end already? It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> but Barbarella was not the only reboot we're getting. Hmm. We're getting a new Naked Gun movie. Again, I, I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> really? You've never seen Leslie Nielsen's The Naked Gun with Lieutenant Frank Drebin? I know the name because I've heard it talked about, but I've actually never se seen the movie in any capacity. You, you've ever, you ever see the gif of, Nothing to see here! Please disperse! While a building's <laughs> on fire in the background? Yes, I have. <laughs> it's from that movie. Okay. <laughs> the whole concept of The Naked Gun is that it's an absolute farce of a crime movie. With mm. a no-nonsense bordering on parodically so uh, police inspector on the case. Okay. Is he an inspector? He's a lieutenant, right. He's a lieutenant. Lieutenant Frank Drebin. It's in the name, it's in the game. There we go. <laughs> and Akiva Schaefer of The Lonely Island is set to direct. Really? Yes. Huh. Oh, did I mention who's set to star? No. I feel like I did. It's Liam Neeson. Really? Yes. A movie basically controlled by someone from the Lonely Island starring Liam Neeson. No, you know what? Actually, that's just about perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like, all right, I am now su sufficiently interested in this movie. Because <laughs> who's more no-nonsense than Liam Neeson? Yeah. Even when the man has a sense of humor, the man has no sense of humor. <laughs> Like, was anything about Qui-Gon funny? No, you respected the hell out of Qui-Gon. No, and I still have to remind myself that Qui-Gon was indeed acted by Liam Neeson. <laughs> right? Hell, he was Ray Ghoul in the first Batman, in Batman Begins, rather. That's, that's right, he was. Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Absolute insanity. Hmm. And speaking of absolute insanity... Let's check in with our favorite dumpster fire of a studio, Warner Brothers. How's it going over there, WB? Well, it's not looking good, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, been a flip-flopping week of absolute chicanery. What did they do this time? 
Well, originally it was reported that they would be shutting down their writer and director television workshops at the end of the current season. Hmm. This was considered a huge step back because those pipeline programs were very good ways for people who wouldn't normally have the opportunity to get into the business to sort of get their footing on it. Yeah. They then immediately about-faced the next day. <laughs> that and still doesn't encourage, like, confidence. <laughs> no. And instead, they are shuttering it from the Warner Brothers television division to their diversity, equity, and inclusion division. So, at least it's not going anywhere. It's still around. There are no plans to change the number of workshop participants in the future. So, at least it's not getting contracted. It's not getting shut down. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it so quickly went from, yeah, it's gone, everybody starts freaking out, oh, it's back. Not good. No, because that, I mean, it's no surprise at this point, but that really just does communicate. It's like, we kind of have no idea what we're doing. Right. Mm. By Zazlov's bloody axe, what is going on? Huh. <laughs> we also got news that Cartoon Network and... Warner Brothers animation are kind of getting folded together, sort of. Ugh. Yeah, a lot of people took that to mean Cartoon Network was basically going to end, but <laughs> Cartoon Network then posted on Twitter with, y'all, we're not dead, we're just turning 30. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good response. Uh, if, if Warner Brothers actually, like, seriously, if Warner Brothers did shut down Cartoon Network, I think that would very much be the point of, like, okay, these fools have actually lost their minds they are out of control yeah because it's like that is a name with some like not even we that's a name with the titanic behind it <laughs> that's some history now yeah that's that's like significant history if they were to shut that down for like anything short of cartoon network like just not making money or something like that everybody at cartoon network would have had to have slept with zaslov's wife <laughs> There, I saved it, and no one will ever have to know my terrible previous joke. Mm. Because I'm editing, baby! <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope Cartoon Network doesn't get shut down. I, granted, I haven't watched Cartoon Network probably properly. Like, I haven't watched anything new in, like, 12 years. But even still, that's a name that if they shut that down, it's like, all right, it's it's just over. Like, there's there's nothing left to, really, left to even, like, see or salvage from this company. Yeah. On the plus side, the DC stuff is almost looking up. Uh, good? Yeah, so first reactions for Black Adam are out, and they're kind of mixed, which whatever. I mean, first, the fact that their first reactions isn't really great. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, I'm not completely surprised to hear that either. No, but you expect most first reactions to be, oh yeah, this movie was great, this was epic, watching this was so cool. But you got a lot of people that are seeing through the cracks already, so that's not... Mm. The best thing ever. Black Adam... Good God, I just said Black Adam instead of Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> it's working. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Dwayne Johnson was directly asked if he intends to make a movie where Black Adam fights Superman, and he replied, absolutely, that's the whole point of this, man. Which... It shouldn't be. The point of Black Adam should be fighting Shazam. But he's very determined to bring Superman back. And it sounds like a lot of that's for his own vanity, but... You know what? If he can pull it off, 
I mean, have have Black Adam and Superman thrown down in the comics before? Yeah, they have, but it's still rather like having a solo Iron Man movie where he fought Loki. Mm. It's not implausible, but it does feel like there's better uses for both Loki and Iron Man, you know? If that does happen, which, before I get into this, have you played Jedi Fallen Order? No. Do you care about spoilers? No, I've been meaning to play it and I've been sitting on it, so go ahead. So, that kind of sounds like the end of Jedi Fallen Order, in a sense, where it's like, at this at the end of the game, you are, like, completely overpowered, can kill anything without really thinking about it, and then at the very end, you meet Darth Vader. Oh, no. At which point the game goes like, oh, oh, you think you're hot shit? <laughs> nah, fam. <laughs> the game, like, kind of puts you back in, in your place. It's like, it even tells you, it's like, yeah, don't even try fighting Darth Vader. Just run away from him. So I kind of feel like that's what would happen if Black Adam and Superman fought on screen. Because, it like, Black Adam would be the player and Superman would be Darth Vader is the comparison I'm making. <laughs> We also got some, I don't know, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother, because some of this just feels like comics gatekeeping, and I'm not gonna get it, but okay, Noah Centineo wanted Rorschach to join the JSA. Fucking Rorschach! I have no frame of reference with this whatsoever, I'm sorry. <laughs> Rorschach is... A bitch? A... <laughs> sexist, ableist, conservative fucking asshole in the comics... So a bitch. <laughs> yeah. He is explicitly positioned as not a good guy in the comics. Hmm. Like, he's one of the good guys only because he fights worse guys. But otherwise, he's pretty terrible. And you can tell who's actually a fan of Watchmen and who isn't by what they think of Rorschach. Rorschach hmm. sucks. Hmm. Asking him to join the JSA is like asking for the Punisher to join the Young Avengers. Yeah, that's that's that seems like a bad everything. <laughs> and while I'm not saying you need to be a fan of these comics or the characters within in order to play it, if you're asked and you don't know, just fucking say you don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, just just be straight up and say, yeah, I don't know about this. Like, yeah, okay, here's the reasons why this is a bad idea. Pulls out Lord of the Rings. It's like this is the yeah. These are all the reasons this is a bad idea. <laughs> like in terms of like length, not literal Lord of the Rings content. Meanwhile, you've got Aldous Hodge who plays Hawkman saying he wants Mr. Terrific and Hawkgirl, and it's like, all right, my man. Mm. Those are answers. Yeah, those are good answers. Those are answers that indicate you have picked up a JSA or any kind of DC comic book. Mm -hmm. This says you have read Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It feels icky when I go on those tangents. It really does. Why? Because it feels like gatekeeping? It does! Because I don't mm. want to make it seem like... You don't have to know the comics in order to like these movies, and you don't have to know the comics in order to engage with it on a meaningful level but god fucking damn it some of these actors it it's like that phenomenon i can't stand where every single one of them feels the need to talk up their superhero like they're the biggest baddest motherfucker in the yard and it's just like just once and admittedly some people have i think but i i much prefer when occasionally like oh what i like about this character is they're kind of a fucking idiot mm. I mean, I get that. Actually, with that statement, I'm thinking of Pol Polka Dot Man from the Suicide Squad. Right? 
Yeah. Right? Imagine trying to straight-facedly advertise why Pokemon... Pokemon? <laughs> Pokemon? <laughs> Got a later hose in them all. <laughs> I just want to quickly point out to interrupt this tangent that polka dot man in the suicide squad had the best death flags i have ever seen in any movie i'm a superhero <laughs> i'm a motherfucking super damn yeah when he starts going off i'm like oh you're about to die <laughs> and, and you were was... not wrong and it was very funny <laughs> i clipped the hell out of my mic yes you did <laughs> huh. mm. but i mean i get that the closest equivalent I can give to it, I guess, would be the difference between Rush and Ford versus Ferrari, both being motorsport movies. Rush is very much a movie made for people who are, like, really, like, into the history of the sport. Yep. Which, to the point where it does kind of drive away, like, people who aren't. Whereas Ford versus Ferrari still has enough where it's like, okay, even if you're not into this, you can still have a good time. And it's and it's especially noticeable when the actors who are in the movie are, I would imagine, not really car people, but still have enough going for it where they can have a good time with it and really convey like kind of the feeling and everything from what originally happened. I don't know if that was the greatest comparison. But that does at least kind of remind me of that. Otherwise, I agree with your general statement of you don't have to re- you don't have to be familiar with the source material to enjoy it or even make something good. But ultimately, it would probably at least help a little bit if you're making it happen. And not just that; it's not even you have to get engaged with it. But it's not that you have to be a fan. But don't pretend to be a fan if you're not a fan. Yeah. Be more like Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who will freely admit he hates everything. <laughs> oh, is, is Harrison Ford, like, full-on old man at this point? Oh, yeah. Oh, never boy. never ask Harrison Ford anything <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> or even, I... never ask Harrison Ford anything that could be even remotely construed as Star Wars related. If it's not Indiana Jones, he doesn't give a fuck. I don't really blame him, to be completely honest. <laughs> nah, me neither. Hmm. Last bit of DC news. We got some updates on the Penguin from Colin Farrell. Oh boy. Yeah, it is going to be set, or start rather, about a week after the Batman ends, so Gotham is still basically underwater. Oh, okay. And it will run about six to eight hours. Huh. Six or eight hours, he said. Is it, I mean, I'm very much equally looking forward to you ranting about if it's actually the six hours, or if it's air quotes six hours because there's like 10 minutes or whatever of credits well i wouldn't know i canceled my hbo max so there's no way for me to watch it that's right i keep on forgetting that you did that <laughs> i'm proud of myself i ripped the mm. band-aid off haven't gone back for anything not even harley quinn fair god i'm going through withdrawal <laughs> i understand <laughs> i watched the first couple episodes of harley quinn with my sister and her husband and it's like i'm enjoying this but i don't want to give them money either <laughs> yeah exactly mm. Anyways, I'm still not crazy about the fact that this spinoff even exists, because, I don't know, I feel like... Why did you not immediately greenlight a Catwoman spinoff? Why yeah. Penguin? Yeah, I think Catwoman... Catwoman would have been more interesting. Like, don't get me wrong, I am all for Colin Firth as Penguin. Feral. Just because... Oh, Feral, sorry. As Penguin, just because 
still even rewatching clips of the movie, I can't believe it's him. Real talk, you get me calling Firth as a penguin, that's a completely different story. I'll, I'll watch <laughs> I'll watch fucking twenty hours of that. Mm. But as far as characters to pick from, I feel like I would have picked either Catwoman or more of Riddler. Like, those uh, would have been two my two choices. I could do without Riddler. I'd watch a I'd watch a Jeffrey Wright Jim Gordon show. Hmm. Mostly, mm. I'm just sick of giving Batman villains spinoffs. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't know. I guess we'll find out more about this as we get closer to it. Mm-hmm. So now it's time for Marvel news. Oh boy. Blade got delayed. Again. Well, it didn't get delayed before. Oh. It lost its director, but hadn't been delayed. Oh, okay, so this is just a natural progression of things, then. Now Never it's mind. delayed. Oh, oh boy. Yep, rather than November 3rd, 2023, it will now be coming out September 6th, 2024. Jeez. And unfortunately, this has resulted in a bunch of other shit moving, because that was originally Deadpool 3 spot. Oh, so what's so what is Deadpool three being moved back? Or is Deadpool moving... three has moved back to November eighth, twenty twenty four, which was previously occupied by Fantastic Four, which is now going to February fourteenth, twenty twenty five. Jesus Christ! The untitled Marvel film that was in that spot has been pushed to November seventh, twenty twenty five, and Avengers Secret Wars has been delayed from November seventh to May first, twenty twenty six. Huh. Ugh. Like, I say that in large part because Blade was by far and away, like, the one I was looking the most forward to. But, Jesus Christ, just hearing those dates. <laughs> yeah, that's troubling. Mm. But also what had to happen, I guess, because that's the problem with everything being so interconnected, I suppose. Yeah. Plus, it's probably good that we don't have two Avengers movies within five months of each other. Uh, probably. I personally enjoy a decent stretch between movies. I forget which set of movies it was where there was like almost a year of a stretch. I mean, that was because of COVID. That's fair. No, I think it was before COVID. Or was it because of COVID? I can't remember. COVID notwithstanding, that definitely felt long. But I also am definitely okay with not it, with it not being like two to four months between movies either. Yeah. Still, though, I was very much looking forward to Blade and knowing mm. that Really, I was looking forward to all those, so knowing that those have all been pushed back is just like, ah. Yeah. No, but I, yeah. hopefully it means more time to make them good. Yeah, fingers crossed on that front at least. Indeed. This next bit of news has some spoilers for She-Hulk. So, okay. if you don't want to be spoiled on the She-Hulk finale, uh, click away and go to the next timestamp. Alright, have you clicked away? Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In that case, so the end of She-Hulk had her break through the fourth wall into the Marvel Studios assembled making of episodes. And rather than talking to Kevin Feige, she ended up talking to a robot called Kevin. It's an acronym. That's the one. Mm. For Knowledge Enhanced Visual Interconnectivity Nexus. Mm. And this robot looks like it's wearing a baseball cap. (laughs) And the reason it looks like it's wearing a baseball cap is because Kevin Feige was all for this and, in fact, argued against making a cameo himself. But Oh, really? But could not wrap his head around why the robot would wear a baseball cap. So he was cool with this whole thing happening. Yes. But he just didn't want to be in it. So 
Well, okay, then, yeah, so the question is, where the fuck did the baseball cap come from? Well, because he wears baseball ha- caps all the time. Ah, fair, fair. Have you ever seen the man without a hat? Now that I think about it, no. No, I don't really, you have never I don't... seen the man without a hat! I don't, so it's like, I haven't seen a lot of, like, pictures of, of him or, like, footage of him, like, in interviews, but from a little bit I've seen, now that I think about it, it's like, yeah, he's always wearing a hat, isn't he? Yeah. So, what happened was, and uh, the series showrunner Jessica Gal brought this up, I wrote in the script that when she sees this big AI machine, it's wearing a little black baseball hat, a classic Kevin Feige-style black baseball hat. Mm-hmm. When the Viz team was showing us different possible sketches of Kevin, they were all wearing little hats. No matter what type of robot or machine it was, it was wearing a little black baseball hat on top. Human Kevin said, well, that doesn't make a lick of sense. Why would a robot wear a hat? I said, that's the part that doesn't make sense to you, Kevin. That is a line of logic that you won't cross. (laughs) We have you represented as an AI brain that is controlling all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the thing you can't get past is that it might have a hat on top of the machine. And he said, yeah. I, I was going to say, it's like, my man, that is a really strange place to draw the line, given what you work on on a daily basis. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh. So that was a fun little tidbit that I just wanted to bring up. <clears throat> She-Hulk finale was okay. It was not great, but I don't know. I hope I get to season two. I could use more of that. It was fine. Mm. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> On to Marvel Zombies, and if you're clicking away for the She-Hulk stuff, it is safe to come back now. Mm. But you can't hear me, so just trust the timestamps, please. I need the engagement. Would you like to know how many episodes Marvel Zombies is? Oh, I mean, sure, because I, I, is it like a full season? It's four episodes. Really? Yes. How long are the episodes? No idea. Oh, okay. That's... All we know is executive producer Zeb Wells confirmed that it is going to have four episodes. Huh. Maybe they're longer, who knows? As I say, like, if they're four, like, hour-long episodes, then it's like, okay, yeah, fair play, but, eh. On the upside, that probably means they can't drag it out too much, because... I feel like with a zombie series in particular, that would be a really tough trap to not fall into, just drag out, oh no, now so-and-so's a zombie, oh look, here's another cat, oh, they're a zombie, oh no! Yeah. Country Bear Hall has been crushed! (laughs) (laughs) Remind me to send you bloopers of the Big Blue House. (laughs) Oh, what, Bear in the Big Blue House? Yes. (laughs) That has bloopers? It has bloopers, and they're pretty great. My god. But that's later. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm still looking forward to Marvel Zombies, even though that was one of the weaker What If episodes. I mean, I can kind of see it like that. Um, I, I'm definitely curious to see what it looks like, but yeah, it is kind of one of those things where, granted, I don't really watch a lot of zombies or the enemy things, but it feels like unless you are a extremely creative individual... It, there's a, it's kind of hard to pick a lot out from them. Because uh, you're going to get to the point where it's like, oh, who's next to become a zombie, I feel like. I mean, these uh, are zombies with superpowers, so that mixes it up. Uh, fair. And now for some news that was just confirmed this morning. Oh, boy. You remember how I mentioned Harrison Ford earlier? Hmm. And how he hates everything? Yes. Well, that's what I like to call a big bowl of foreshadowing. <laughs> A big bowl of foreshadowing. Yeah, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. 
<laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I should be I should be corpsing at my own fucking joke. <laughs> Anyways, Harrison Ford is joining the MCU. Oh, oh really? Yes, he is replacing William Hurt as General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross in Captain America New World Order. Oh, I wonder how they're going to cover that. You know the even crazier thing? Hmm. Ross becomes Red Hulk in the comics. Oh, does he? Can you imagine if we get Harrison Ford, Red Hulk? I mean, I could see it because if he, if the man truly hates everything, that'll be his way of exercising his pent-up frustrations. Especially if all he has to do is voice it and they get somebody else to do the mocap. Yeah. Huh. But you gotta wonder, he he seems like he hates so much stuff, so much <laughs> fan-based stuff, which I don't blame him. Fans are insufferable, I say as a fan. Mm, I mean, yeah, same here. So you gotta wonder, how much fucking money did they give him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just a titanic of cash. They were probably like, okay, if you do this, we'll make not one, we'll make two Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> he seems pretty set on this being the last one. Oh, uh, fair. Yeah, because didn't Ross's original actor die? Yeah, William Hurt passed away earlier this year. Oh, okay. Bold move of them to cast somebody who was older than William Hurt was when he died. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, William uh, Hurt was 72. How old's Harrison Fort now? I'm pretty sure 80. Jesus. Right? He doesn't look it. No, especially not when he's got a mustache and a beard. Then he looks mm. like Tim Allen. He, he does look a lot like Tim Allen right now. <laughs> yeah. Ha, ha. Mm. What? <laughs> I don't know, I was doing a Tim Taylor bit. Oh, okay. It happens. Mm. Yeah, he was born in 1942. Oh, boy. My mm. God, that does not feel right. No, it doesn't, but I believe it. Huh. So that's a lot of news. Mm. That's a lot of news that has happened. Trailer time? Uh, sure. All right. We have two trailers this week. One is M- Meg M3- M3- M3-gan. <laughs> I will say, I was actually pleasantly surprised by this trailer. Yeah, that doll was creepy. The doll is creepy as hell. And I initially thought it was going to be just like another, oh, okay, it's another thing of like a doll being possessed and fucking things up. But I kind, I was not expecting Android. No, it's a, it's an AI doll. Yeah. Oh, well, fair, yeah. It's Ex Machina. <laughs> you scared yet? I mean, a little bit. Whoever's doing the acting or motion capture or whatever for the doll is absolutely phenomenal. I have never seen, I know it's not the floss, whatever dance she's doing, but I've never seen someone do a child's dance in a more intimidating fashion than what was in this trailer. (laughs) Flex on them. Yeah. Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised by this trailer. I probably wouldn't see it in theaters because, again total bitch when it comes to horror movies oh i'm seeing it mm. that's coming out in january i'm seeing that <laughs> fair yeah no it looks good she's got no chill she went sprinting after that kid on all fours and i feel like that's slowing her down that probably is that was just for intimidation when she got when she tells her to turn off it's like i thought we were having a conversation it's like oh, oh shit <laughs> oh no she has gone full, and I, I feel like I can make this joke. I was like, oh, she is exuding the energy of angry black woman right now. <laughs> that is some... <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Yeah. 
That being not kill you. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that... I, I think it looks pretty cool. Same. And the other trailer we got was House Party. <laughs> I will be honest, my favorite bit in this trailer was then looking at the... Because uh, premise is that these two guys throw a hot house party at LeBron James's house. And I did love the whole bit when they meet the hologram. And he's like, his hologram's here just to compliment him in the morning? And it's like, you signing to the Miami Heat was the best thing ever. And he's just like, nah, that's not what that's here for. <laughs> like, uh, I, don't even, I don't even follow basketball. And I was just like, okay, that's really funny. <laughs> that's a good joke. Personally, I'm a fan of, oh shit, we fucked up the koala. <laughs> I was not expecting a high koala. <laughs> Me neither. Mm. If he comes down, does that make him a drop bear? <laughs> this is... I don't think this movie's gonna be good, but it definitely looks like it's funny. You know the funnier thing? LeBron James is a producer on it. Oh, even better. Well, I figured with that whole bit, it's like, okay, at least the man is cool with making fun of himself. But with if he's like the the executive producer, then that's even better. I feel like he really needs an, a hologram of himself to convince himself he's good at producing movies. Oh. <laughs> no, don't say aww like he deserves sympathy. That man was a producer on Space Jam: A New Legacy. Was he now? Yes. I did not know that. Huh. So no, don't go aww. <laughs> Like, he doesn't inflict absolute garbage on people. Mm. Uh, fun reminder, this is a remake of the 1990 Kid and Play movie. Oh, that's right. There was an old, older, like, house party movie, wasn't there? Yeah, this is a this is a remake of that. I completely forgot that movie existed. And, oh! Oh, no, that's coming out the same week as Megan. Oh, really? Oh, dear, that's gonna be a dilemma. Yeah... Hey, we both got something to watch that weekend. Yeah, I guess. I'll go see the Killer AI doll movie, and you can go see the LeBron James-produced house party movie. I mean, it's a thing as well of, like, I'd be willing to see, like, Megan if I take sufficient brave pills beforehand. <laughs> what was that car? Uh, the green car? Yes. That was a Lamborghini Huracan. Oh. Is it a good car? It's a pretty fast car. It's Neat. a really cool car. It's their, like, entry-level car, if you can believe Lamborghini, of all companies, having an entry-level vehicle. I can't. Yeah, no. Really cool car, very fast car. It's kind of one of those things where it's a wonderful car in its own right, but to a certain extent, it's one of those, you bought this because you couldn't afford the more expensive one type of cars. <laughs> I see. Mm. So I think that wraps up trailer time. Mm. My, that was quick. Yeah, I mean, hey, if there's not a lot, there's not a lot. Nah. So, let's do this weekend's box office. Da, 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 da. I did, in fact, see the highest grossing movie of this weekend. Oh, boy. Because it was Halloween Ends, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I'm assuming we're going to get into later on oh, why yep, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yep, yep, we'll get to it. <laughs> Halloween Ends took in $41.2 million domestically this weekend, and in total for a $58.4 million worldwide total... Bear in mind, that's releasing same day and date with Peacock, so that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, I feel like that's the best opening weekend that has been talked about for a little while at this point. Yeah, for a few weeks at least. Mm -hmm. Second place, it, the rest of this weekend was pretty similar to last weekend, 
We got Smile with a 12.4 million domestic weekend for a 71.1 million dollar domestic total and 137.5 million dollars worldwide. Third place, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, 7.3 million domestically for a 22.7 million dollar domestic total and 26.6 million dollars worldwide. Fourth place, The Woman King, 3.6 domestically for a 59.7 million dollar domestic total and 76.5 million dollars worldwide. And in fifth place, Amsterdam at $2.8 million domestically for an $11.9 million domestic total and $18.4 million worldwide. That movie is tanking. That movie is boned. Ugh. Mm. Unfortunate. Even more unfortunate is, you know with Halloween Ends doing this, Halloween doesn't end. No. No, it does not. Even though it really needs to at this point. It should. But they're going to keep it going in some oh, yes. way. I know. I just know mm. it. It might take a few years, but mm. it'll be back. <laughs> so before we get into Halloween ends and why it should stay ended, this week we're doing a little mini segment because there was a time when I thought I wasn't going to be able to watch Halloween ends because my schedule wasn't going to shake out. And then it did. But I prepared a little mini segment. It's a horror movie recommendation of a sort. For those looking for a good uh, good time this this spooky season. A good, really weird time. <laughs> Indeed. And if you don't mind subtitles and you don't mind comedy horror, I strongly recommend checking out the Agent Duckman, a.k.a. Nick recommended, Nobuhiko Obayashi movie, House. Or Houseu. Yeah, no. It's the weirdest thing because this movie is so batshit, I don't even really know how to give a proper, like... <laughs> no, it's like, hard. Um, like, a basic breakdown of what this movie is. <laughs> a girl and her six friends go to her aunt's house, and crazy weird shit happens. And if you think that that's extremely vague, that's honestly the best I could come up with, because there is all kinds of crazy in this movie. It is 100% worth watching, because it is, it is really... It's one of those weird ones where it's, like, completely insanely batshit. But because it's so batshit, it circles back around to being very fun to watch. And you can tell it's very well-made batshit. Yeah, and everyone who's in it... I, I feel like everyone who's in it is actually having a pretty good time with everything. Yeah. Obayashi also got a lot of the ideas for what happens in the movie from his daughter, specifically because he was looking for stuff that kids would find scary, reasoning mm. that... Adults get too bogged down in the details of horror, whereas kids will find scary shit that can't be explained, functionally. <laughs> and that sums up House very well, because trying to explain it is an exercise in futility. The whole movie has this ethereal filter over it that makes the whole thing feel very dreamlike, very detached and otherworldly, which just kind of works for... Yeah, it feels like all of this is absurd, but it works. Because mm -hmm. it it feels like that kind of bad dream that you're going to wake up from and you'll forget 20 minutes later, even though in the moment you're so shaken up that you're like, I will not, that's going to, that's going to haunt me and I don't even know why. And then 20 minutes later, well, that, it was weird, but why was it weird? Mm. You'll remember more details from house than you will such a dream, but the <laughs> yeah. spirit is there. Yeah, I do kind of like the idea of, to be as completely honest, I can see myself doing this, of a dad just being like, you know, consoling their kid after they had a bad nightmare. It's like, oh, tell me what happens. And it's like, the kid's explaining, it's like, this would make a great movie. It's like, Jot that down. <laughs> Write that down, Bob. It's like, 
daddy what are you doing it's like uh oh, n- nothing sweetheart i'm definitely not trying to like make money off your traumatic experience uh <laughs> yeah i'm not profiting off of your child ptsd or whatever <laughs> oh goodness what else was there about this movie like it's it's a really cool movie it was what made in 1972 i want to say 77 77 it's it's definitely got some age to it but I would definitely say it still holds up pretty well in a contemporary sense. Because it's it's definitely a very unique movie. I, I struggle to think of anything that's even remotely, like, comparable to this movie. Yeah, good luck there. Yeah. This is... The practical <sighs> effects aren't good, but they're certainly creative. They are very creative. And by they're not good, I mean, you know, you can, you can tell it's fake, but... Yeah, make no mistake, even though this movie's very fun, it is still very much a B-movie. Right. But it's so lovingly put together. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean when I say that there's a world of difference between a movie that is rough around the edges, but made with the intent of something good, versus a movie that is made to be as bad as possible. And that is why I like House... I like Birdemic, and I like The Room, but I fucking hate Thanksgiving and Sharknado. Wait, I thought you liked Thanksgiving. No! Okay. Greg, the first five minutes of that movie sent me to an existential spiral where I was standing in the corner <laughs> contemplating what I was doing with my life. <laughs> How dare you imply I like Thanksgiving. Mm. <laughs> I've still never even seen that all the way through, I don't think. I never have either, and actually because there was just a certain point where I was like, okay, this movie's both too stupid and too disgusting for me to keep watching it. Was it the part with the turkey wearing the dad's face and everybody falling for it? That was definitely a very big catalyst. Was it the turkey sex? Yes. Ah, uh, yep, that'll do it. That was very much the point where I was like, Our, it's like, I... You I'm know what, not- I think I was there for that. <laughs> was I there for that? I don't. I don't. I think remember. I remember you recounting it at least. No, that was that was very much the bit where I'm like, I I'm a head out. <laughs> All right, enough dilly dallying. Definitely check out House again if you don't mind subtitles or you can speak Japanese, and especially if you like horror comedy because this is this is good. This is some mm. funny stuff. This is a very funny movie, but also decently good at being unnerving in spite of that. Yeah. Anyways, let's get to the let's get to the main event, the thing of this weekend. This is how Halloween ends. Not with a bang, but a weary, resigned, frustrated sigh. <laughs> I did not uh, care for this movie. Mm. And now it's time I tell you what the movie was, which is hard to do without spoiling everything <laughs> because on top of the other problem this movie has, it was insanely mismarketed. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, for spoiler alert, I, I didn't see the movie in theaters, I, other than, like, Oh, did the you first... see it on Peacock? No, I, I haven't seen it at all. Oh, well, yeah. okay, you didn't have to specify in theaters then. Oh, fair enough. No, I mean, it's a thing of, like, outside of the original movie, I have never had, like, any interest in the series, and that definitely applies to the newer, the newer movies. Fair. So... In Halloween Kills, Michael goes on a killing spree and kills a bunch of people, <laughs> including Judy Greer, who in this case is Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode's daughter. Mm. And then he just disappears for four years, apparently. 
Oh, wait, what? <laughs> and somehow, so in the first Halloween, the first reboot Halloween, the one from 2018, mm-hmm. Laurie Strode has been isolated and paranoid and preparing her whole life for this showdown with Michael again, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's her whole shtick. Michael killed her daughter in the last movie. And yet here, she's just moved on, she's making pies, she's trying to be happy with her life, and it's like, good for you, and I'm not saying that all-consuming vengeance or fixation isn't a thing to be overcome and gotten over, but the fucker's still out there! Yeah, it's not like he died or got arrested or anything, it's like, no, he still very much exists. No, this movie, I I can't say that this movie would have been alright if Halloween Kills hadn't existed, because it's still trying to set up too much in this movie, and it wouldn't have really worked. Mm. But, without that, if you, if you assume that Laurie thought Michael had died in the fire at the end of Halloween 2018... That would have been believable, and that would have been like, okay, I understand trying to move on with that, because as far as you know, he's dead, gone, he's not coming back. No, the boogeyman is still out there somewhere. And you're just gonna sit back and just, oh, not my problem. <laughs> Do you think they were trying to set up in the movie in a sense where people who haven't seen the most recent ones would, wouldn't be completely lost? I can't imagine! Because hmm. her daughter's dead, and they bring that up because she's living with her granddaughter. Hmm. So, no, that doesn't work. This whole movie is full of references to the previous two. And the first one. Mm. So that can't be it. Also, everybody in this movie is a jerk. <laughs> Which is a huge problem, actually. How, how much of a jerk are they? I'll get into it more in spoilers, but... Mm. Suffice to say, almost everyone in this movie is completely unsympathetic. And, unfortunately, that doesn't really work in a horror movie, because... When the monster or the killer or the whoever goes on a rampage, there should be a sense of dread. Mm-hmm. There should be a sense of, oh no, oh no, oh no. Here it's more like, yeah. All right, yeah, they had it coming. <laughs> it's like they got what they deserve. Yeah, oh, okay, yep, that's karmic. Mm. Got him there, can't deny. That one's <laughs> maybe a little brutal. They maybe didn't deserve that. But for the most part, you know, you're you're batting like ninety, mm. or you're batting nine hundred. <laughs> I don't know sports. Mm. So yeah, and all in all, it's a very muddled movie as well. It feels it feels like it's trying to beat a Halloween Kills what Rise of Skywalker is to the Last Jedi. Hmm. It feels like it's trying to fix it, but it's so bad at it. That it just ends up being a worse product at the end. Right. It's not mm. that bad, because unlike <laughs> unlike Rise of Skywalker, there are things in this movie that I do really like. I can't, mm. I can't get into it without spoilers, because again, this movie's really poorly marketed, and a lot of the movie is a spoiler because of that. But... There are concepts I like that I think could have been better executed... And there are even scenes in the movie that I think are just genuinely good isolated from that. Mm. But all in all, it's a really disappointing finish. It would be disappointing just in the confines of this trilogy. It would still be disappointing even if Halloween Kills didn't exist. 
really, they should have just stopped at Halloween. Would you recommend people see it? I mean, if you really need closure on the whole Laurie Strode, Michael Myers back and forth, then yeah, I guess. Mm. Otherwise, just assume it ended with the with the 2018 one. Mm. Or, no, you can't really assume it ended with kills. That would just be horrendously unsatisfying. <laughs> Bad time all around, though. Hmm. Anyways, I need to get into spoilers, so if you don't want to get spoiled for Halloween Ends, make sure to click off in 3, 2, 1. Alright, so the first scene of the movie is set a year after Michael's rampage. Okay. And what happens is there's this kid, Corey Cunningham, who is babysitting, and the kid pulls a prank and locks him in an attic. And he ends up kicking the door open to get out, and the kid was standing right in front of the door. And the kid ends up falling over a banister down several stories, smack dab onto a hardwood floor, and dies. Oh, Oh, that's brutal. (laughs) And it's right as the parents are coming home, too. And very (laughs) well-timed. Yeah, awful timing, but good timing. Mm, Jesus, that's brutal. And Corey ends up not going to jail, but he does end up becoming a town pariah, which is partly attributed to the fact that because Michael Myers is gone and nobody knows where he is or what happened to him, they're looking for another boogeyman because this whole... There's a whole thing about how Haddonfield has become paranoid and distrustful and hateful and all that, and they're trying to build to something, which I'll get to, but it's still a case of, man, everyone in this town is a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Because everybody blames Laurie for Michael's rampage. Seemingly because it's like, oh, you insulted him back in the original Halloween, and that's what made him snap. And it's like, he was gonna fucking, are you fucking serious? Yeah, it's like, what are you? What was she supposed to do, invite him for tea and crumpets? Yeah. No. <laughs> Stupid fucking play. But, Corey ends up dating Laurie's granddaughter, Allison, and it's all very rushed, and their chemistry doesn't really work. I mean, you can see what they're going for because they both feel like outcasts, Allison, because she's also survived a Michael Myers rampage, and because she's ostracized because of her relation to Laurie Strode, Corey, because everybody fucking hates him. <laughs> yeah, everyone but, in this sounds like jerks. It's just like, yeah, okay, Corey, yeah, that's really fucked up. It's like, relationship to, to Laurie. It's like, yeah, her grandmother. <laughs> right. Ugh. And it turns out, Michael Myers has had a little sewer hideout where he's apparently been dwelling for the past four years. Mm. And Corey stumbles on him and basically ends up becoming the next Michael Myers. Does he kill him? No. At first, (laughs) he ends up helping Michael get some kills, which seems to rejuvenate Michael because it seems like they're still going for the whole he's a supernatural thing that they tried to build up in Halloween Kills after he got fucking world-starred by that crowd and then got up and kicked all their asses anyway. Oh, so Michael Myers has basically discovered the wonderful world of co-op. Yeah. (laughs) But then partway through the film, Corey ends up basically overpowering him and taking his mask and deciding to go on a rampage himself. Mm. And... I don't know, it, it, it's one of those things where the idea of somebody else taking on the identity of Michael Myers as the shape is not bad. It's definitely different. Yeah, the problem is, if you, this is where you wanted the trilogy to end, 
you probably should have had the trilogy build towards it. Yeah. And here again, we get to the comparison with the sequel trilogy where there was no clear plan. Because this does not feel like a plan, this feels like a hasty revision to try to fix Halloween Kills. I was actually getting ready to say just that. Like, it sounds like they just kind of threw this together if there was no inkling of this beforehand. Right, because this guy had never been seen in any of the previous two movies. Or even talked about. Or mentioned, right, because they set his thing after Halloween Kills. So they had to introduce him in this movie. It's the stupidest fucking thing. It doesn't help that his turn to being the next Michael Myers is very rushed, it's very quick, and there's a whole stint made about how Laurie can sense the same darkness in him, but you don't really feel it. Mm. And it's not the actor's fault. I think it's just, it's very hard to convey that sense of absolute pure malice. When you don't have a mask to hide behind. Oh, I thought it was going to be a thing of it's hard to convey that much malice without it, like, kind of breaking the audience's suspension at the same time. No, no, no. Or you'd need CGI or something, but... (laughs) It just, it doesn't work because the character's not really compelling enough to be a new Michael Myers. He goes on a rampage. It's actually a pretty decent rampage. Beats up some... He basically goes on a tangent against everybody who wronged him. Kills his mom. Kills his... Kills a bunch of bullies that were fucking with him. Kills a... Kills a DJ who keeps talking shit. That one was brutal. There was some brutal fucking kills in this. Mm. And then... He goes showing up at Lori's house. Having convinced Allison that they need to run away together. He hasn't told her he's the killer yet, obviously. Mm. And... Ends up... Stabbing himself right mm-hmm. before Allison walks in and framing Laurie for having murdered him. What? Because Allison, Laurie was trying to warn Allison away from him and all that, and he was saying, oh yeah, she doesn't like me, I think I'm in danger, that kind of shit. It was a, it was a total frame-up. And then Michael shows back up, and he <laughs> and Laurie have a fight. And it turns out, after all this, Michael Myers was, in fact, actually just a man. What? Yeah. Nothing supernatural. He was just one singularly determined, evil, fucked-up individual who I guess was made more powerful by everybody else's paranoia impeding their ability to stop him. Their paranoia was so strong that it made him flame-retardant? I don't fucking know. (laughs) It was like, no, I'm sorry. Like... I know I said I haven't seen any of the original movies, but I know, or the newer movies, I know bits and pieces of what happened. It's like, if he's straight up just a dude, then he should have died a movie ago. At yeah, least. or he should have died of his injuries in the four fucking years yeah. between the last movie and this one. He's gotta be infected to all hell, at least. There's no explanation for any of this that makes any sense without him being supernatural, which isn't something they should have done, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's a catch-22 of you never should have introduced this element in the first place, because it's dumb if you do it, but once you've introduced that idea, there's no way to make it believable anymore without it. I feel like it's one of those things where I'd be confused and concerned for what they were going for, because it's one of those things where, like, if you're trying to talk about, like, the willpower of man, a serial killer is not exactly the best vehicle for that. (laughs) Nah. 
So they pull off his mask. We never really get a good look at his face, which is a little of frustrating. But mm. I get it in the sense of if you want to reinforce that he's just a guy, you also can't show his face specifically because while, yes, that would help, the fact of the matter is he's got all kinds of scars and burn marks and shit from all the punishment he's taken over the years. So it kind of dilutes the message to say, yeah, he's just a guy who looks like Lon Chaney after a fucking car accident. <laughs> and then the whole town turns up to watch him get thrown in a Chekhov's trash compactor. I beg your pardon? They, they were they were teasing a trash compactor all throughout the movie, and I was just waiting for somebody to get thrown into it. <laughs> turns out it was Michael's corpse. <laughs> okay, so they go, they do the James Bond no time to die method of, like, actually ending him, then. Yeah. Well, I can at least appreciate that. But then Laurie goes on a whole spiel about how, because he was just a man, the evil that enabled him to exist still exists and could let another one happen, so... Sequel baiting of yet another person taking up Michael Myers' mask or whatever. Uh, I mean, I thought that was going to be a thing of, like, no, like, why are you wishing that evil? <laughs> like, like if, if there is another thing that's that comes up, you have now, like, wilted into existence, lady. <laughs> Some things that I do like, as Corey is growing into the role of Michael Myers, you slowly see him start to ape the mannerisms. Mm. There's a point where he jumps off of a relatively low roof and lands on the pavement on his back, and then he when he sits up, it's very reminiscent of Michael Myers sitting up in that, mm. you know, unfazed, robotic sort of way of, huh, well, back to it, I suppose. You're, like, very stiff and whatnot. Yeah. Hmm. I like that despite this coming transformation, he's still a fuck-up. There's a point where he kills this asshole doctor and a, I think, head nurse who got the job by sleeping with him. Hmm. And he manages to kill the doctor all right, but once the head nurse sees him, she manages to shut the door on him. And he can't get through, and Michael ends up having to kill her in a particularly brutal way. Pins her to a wall, to a painting, with a knife. Like, sticks it through her sternum, and it's just holding her off the floor. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, it was really funny, because all I could think was, he tilts his head afterward, and all I could think was, yeah, I don't get modern art. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of an in-joke. Yeah, Between the two of us. I, I, my brain is saying right now, it's like, try and make an Andy Warhol joke. And I'm just like, no, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> this is modern art. I don't mm. get it. Uh, another thing that I like is there's a certain kind of symmetry between the incident that started Corey on this path and the incident that ended it, which is a death occurring at exactly the wrong time just as somebody else is rolling up. Hmm. <laughs> because the kid ends up dying on his watch just as the parents walk home, and then four years later, he ends up offing himself just as Allison walks in in order to try to ruin Lori. So, mm. that was a nice little touch. Some of the deaths were cool. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of the deaths were fucking, like, horrend horrendous. One guy got a blowtorch to the face. Oh, boy. We didn't really see it. It wasn't. It was kind of out of focus. Mm. One guy got his tongue cut off. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Not fun to watch at all. Goodness gracious. I I don't know what my limits are. Because I like, because like, you know, being a history nerd, I've watched like 
footage of like classic wars it's like i've seen people get blown to bits and stuff like that but there's just something about like little things like that that just make me go it's like nope nope want no part of that (laughs) no i'll agree with that i had to kind of look away from that part yeah michael himself gets a really gruesome death oh yeah he gets thrown in in a trash compactor oh no he was dead before then oh really yeah no he ends up dying by getting both of his hands pinned to a counter, getting a fridge dropped on his knees, getting his throat slit, and then his wrist slit. Street justice? And his arm broken. (laughs) Man, and that's all he got. Yeah. I was expecting it. I mean, honestly, I feel like they they would go... I mean, that's still a lot, but I feel like they'd go even harder considering, like, all the shit that he's done. Yeah, but I feel like if it took more than that, it would undercut the stupid, it's just, he's just a man thing they were going for. Mm, fair. Even though, ugh, he should, shouldn't have done kills. Mm. That was the case, he shouldn't have done fucking kills! <laughs> anyway, that's my random thoughts slash spoiler thoughts on Halloween Ends. Okay. I really hope they mean it, even though they don't. I, I, I kind of want them to as well, but they're gonna make another one. Yeah. So next week, Black Adam happens. Oh, that's right. That is this weekend, isn't it? It is. Okay. I mean, I I think we talked about this where it's Black Adam and something else, but even both of us were like, uh, Black Adam's still the easy pick. Yeah, 100%. In fact, let me double check real quick and see what the other thing was. Mm -hmm. What is this? Why is it in my Star Fox game? Wasn't it that, like, stupid rom-com? Oh, it's Ticket to Paradise. That's it. Yep, nope, nope. Yep, nope. Black Adam a thousand times over. (laughs) I will not watch George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Mm. Looks insufferable. Looks very insufferable. In any case, thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on Spotify, RSS, Facebook... If you're in the area, make sure to attend It Came From Under the Bridge, October 28th, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. at Unlimited Video Games. It's going to be a real sick time. And even if you can't make it to that, make sure to check out Unlimited Video Games, because it's a cool place with cool people. And a lot of cool stuff. And a lot of cool stuff. So many games. So many games. One might even say Unlimited. God, I should write for movies. <laughs> I want to be in the writing room if you do. Deal. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyways, this has been Under the Bridge. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we will catch you guys next week. But in the meantime, bye bye Bye-bye.